the roll. How you doing? We're on. It's another episode of PNC Weekly, and I'm very, very happy with our guest today. And uh, but first off, I'd like to give much thanks to the Gibson Center, and um, I'd also like to point out that we did um, respect social distancing, and we have our masks on. But I'm going to take my mask off now because it keeps on falling down <laughs> all over my nose, and I can't really address it well. So how are you doing again? Here at the Gibson Center, I want to thank the Gibson Center for giving me the opportunity to host and tape here. And um, it's just been wonderful. Check out the Gibson Center for any events that you may have upcoming. They have some really great packages and, and they're within the COVID rules and regulations. And would love to see you if you uh, have any events planned. They have a wonderful Halloween um, period coming up, uh, October 31st. COVID safe, everything. Bring the kids out. It'll be great. Thank you again, Gibson Center. Remember, a community without the arts and culture is just, uh, there's nothing to it. There's nothing there at all. And what else is uh, in a community is not having the care and the services in our community fronted by a beautiful hospital, the Stevenson Memorial Hospital. And I'm excited about, excited about today's podcast uh, on the show today, I have President and CEO Jody Lebeck and Communication Corporate Officer for the Stevenson Memorial Hospital, Rachel Ogorek. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, Ogorek. Very o close. Ogorek. There yes. you go. Um, really, really, it's going to be an informative show. We're going to talk about the Stevenson Memorial redevelopment, and there's nobody better to discuss this and give you all the information that you're just going to consume and, and appreciate today. Jody and Rachel, how you doing? Excellent, Tony. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for being on TNT Weekly. And as I do with all my uh, shows, I really like to, um, you know, introduce to the listeners our guests and sort of the journey to Alliston, if this is your home or the area, and your journey to Stevenson Memorial Hospital. And I'm going to start with you, Rachel. Like, give our listeners a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, I do live in the community. Um, we've been here uh, for four years, um, but uh, I grew up in a small town just east of Port Perry. So that's where a lot of my family is in the Durham region. So, um, but um, fast forward to when I met my husband in Toronto, he was living in Barrie at the time. So we kind of settled in Barrie. We were there for seven years. And so we came down this way. We just want a little bit more space. Um, we do travel south a lot to see our family. So that might save a little bit of time. Um, so that's, yeah, we settled here in Alliston and we absolutely love it. I mean, this community has everything that a family needs. We have two little ones. I have a daughter who's seven and a little one who's a little boy who's two and a half. So this community is just fantastic and we're just so happy to be here and everyone's just so welcoming. So we're loving it. Wonderful, Rachel. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. And Jody, yourself, what about your journey? Uh, my journey here, I guess I've been at Stevenson Memorial. I think I'm in my sixth or seventh year. I, I forget, Tony, we first met probably six, seven years ago. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, I love this community. I'm, uh, I, I don't live here in the community. And mind you, my wife and I are looking for a house currently. So if there's a real estate Good luck. Paying, Good luck. Yeah, I know, the housing market here is just, I know. It's, uh, it's tough. But uh, I uh, came here six, seven years ago. I was seconded from a hospital in 
originally I came under a management service agreement. I'm the third CEO that's come with a mental health background. I don't know what that says, but uh, uh, proud and very privileged to be the CEO of such a wonderful hospital, community hospital. Wonderful. Um, I, yeah, as you had mentioned, Jody, our, our first um, you know meeting was way back in my involvement with the Millpond Medical Center in Alliston. And um, it was just in that transition when, when Annette Jones, uh, we were speaking to, was in the departure and you were coming in and you were so gracious and, and, and listening to our vision for the mill pond. I mean, we didn't even have a shovel in the ground yet at that time, but we wanted to collaborate and work in parallel with the medical community. You were gracious in that, but I know that you were coming in overwhelmed, taking over the hospital, uh, taking a position and just getting settled in, right? But that's when we met last. So, and you know, I don't recall Jody at that time that there was a redevelopment plan in in, in the works. So that would be 2012, roughly, uh, when we. It's it's a while. Like yeah, it's been, it's been quite seven, eight years. Time, yeah. But there really was no plan in the works, eh, Jody? At that time, there was a there was a plan by the board, and there's been a desire since probably going back to 2008. And uh, there were early discussions with other land developers about what the vision for Stevenson could be. And um, there was a submission done back in 2008 and nine uh, in partnership with South Lake Regional Health Center, mm -hmm. but the government rejected it. And um, essentially when I came on board, the, the idea of redeveloping Stevenson had been, um, was at a failed point with government. And uh, I had the dubious task of sort of seeing what, we, what, what the vision could possibly be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, we, we know that this community is exploding at the seams, right? When I look at the Stevenson Memorial Hospital um, and understand the population growth and the growth expected to happen, I, I've heard, you know, the doubling of the population by 2025. I say to myself, how is this hospital maintaining care? I, I just don't really, really comprehend it. So, you know, help the listeners understand that and maybe some numbers or some stats that you may have that this this community is growing immensely and the growth of the hospital is not happening to support that growth of incoming population, right? So give us sort of the reasoning behind, okay, well, we need to expand, we need these development, redevelopment plans and visions for this community and tell us what challenges are there at the hospital, you know, operating in such a growing uh, community that is rapidly growing and will continue to grow in the years ahead. So I don't know, Rach, do you want to you start? Well, I'll start by saying, you know, Dr. Myatt said it as well, you know, the numbers definitely don't lie. We are current emergency department was built um, for 7,000 visits a year mm -hmm. and we see almost 40,000 a year and that does startle people a lot yeah. um, you know um, the hospital as you see it today was built in 19, 1964 mm -hmm. um, which is astounding you think you know we're in, it's 2020 now and so um, it's it's unbelievable how much this community has changed mm -hmm. in that time. Mm -hmm. um, so we can't stand by and, and not make the changes that need to happen now for our redevelopment. And so Jody's kind of been at the forefront and really pushing this forward. Mm -hmm. um, certainly being in the pandemic this year has brought some challenges for sure. Um, but we're forging ahead. We're currently in the midst of building an ICU right now. Um, so we're doing everything that we can. Uh, while we wait for redevelopment to be approved officially by the ministry to okay. ma make the changes that we can with our current infrastructure. Okay, um, so the way I'm understanding, Rachel, is 
not only is there a requirement for more square footage to bring in more care for this community, it is a very old building um, that probably needs some repair in certain areas and upgrades to, you know, to, to work in with the times and, and yes. get upgraded. Is that a better way to... Yeah. So, you know, we're here at the Gibson Centre looking at this wonderful historic building yes. and there's an importance in arts and culture and history. But in medicine, there's not. We need to have modern PIDAC and in infection control practices. We have to have proper ventilation. We have to manage infectious disease and deliver medical care in facilities that, that, that meet the current technological demands. Mm -hmm. uh, that building was built when we didn't have uh, Baxter pumps and we didn't have the current, our beds are smart beds. And uh, so as we evolve with technology and equipment, the building has become woefully inadequate to deliver high quality volume medical services. So it's the challenge upon us. I mean, we've got, we've been able to uh, double the physician person power in the building. Dr. Myatt was here, you yeah. know Dr. Safar, yeah. Dr. Ramirez, Dr. Richardson, I can yeah. go on and on. Some phenomenal ER incredible. physicians. Incredible. And they're incredibly talented, but they need modern medical space. And for the residents listening, you know, I feel like every time I start this, I always apologize. You're gonna come to our hospital, you're gonna meet unbelievable ED nurses, unbelievable physicians. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get the quality of care that you won't, you, it's best of medicine in terms of person power. Mm -hmm. But we're compromised. Your confidentiality is gonna be compromised. Uh, the ability to have patient privacy is compromised in those buildings. And so give full credit where credit's due. It's our teams that deliver care in these very cramped, challenging spaces. Our patients have to have care in a cramped, uh, outdated mm -hmm. medical facility, mm -hmm. and I just think the residents here deserve more. We, we nobody should have, have a two-tiered medical system, and the hospital needs to be modernized mm -hmm. so that when residents come, they get the quality of care they so deserve. Yes, and um, so making even more sense now in, in both of your comments for the expansion and the requirement for redevelopment, absolutely. Could you um, give us a bit on, you know, I, I recall when this started, this redevelopment vision, I, I, I first thought it was just the ER. And then in first discussing, you know, when you showed interest, and by the way, I, I have to say this, um, when you have leaders like this in our community, um, you know, especially in a medical corridor like Stevenson Memorial Hospital, um, this gentleman reached out to me and said, I'd like to be on the platform to tell our listeners a little bit more about the redevelopment. I mean, I can reach the Pope in the Vatican a lot easier than this gentleman. And he reached out to me and said, I want to speak to this community, Tony. Could I be on the show? I love the, I love the podcast with Dr. Myatt. I want to say more about the redevelopment. I believe you, you even canceled an executive meeting today or? So, when you have leadership, I just wanted to say, when you have leadership like that in our community, like, it, it, it's the best. There, there's care, there's passion, there's drive. These leaders in our community want to do better for us. So please listen in because it's really valuable, all this information. So um, can you give us sort of an update on what sort of services you're envisioning to come in? I looked at the drawings, and again, I thought it was just an ER, you know and you're, you're adding an enormous amount of space. Um, just sort of inform our listeners on, on the care that you're envisioning to bring in and the improvements that 
that you will see in this hospital that will better serve our community. Not only the, the, the capacity aspect to it, I mean, that will be resolved with more square footage, but the care, What's, you know, what, what do you see happening here in your vision, Jody? So when you go through a, trying to get a hospital redeveloped, it's, it's, I keep telling people it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And to work the number of processes, both bureaucratically with the Ministry of Health and then working with Queen's Park, our politicians, yeah. to create alignment takes time. And what the process begins, it's a five-stage process with the Ministry. Uh, it's really actually six steps. And uh, the first is pre-cap, and then there's a stage one, stage two. And those stages are probably the hardest stages in the sense that you're planning what you want to see for your vision. And uh, we're through stage one. We've had full approval by the ministry. And our stage two is draft. And I'm very excited that I got off Capitol Branch yesterday. And we're talking about being able to submit our stage two, mm -hmm. which ends the planning phase. And that's really where the vision is. You're taking the growth that's going to happen in the community and you're applying it to an algorithm that actually starts to map out your square footage per your service delivery. So our merch department is just one example where it's woefully inadequate in space. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about what sort of modern space would be required to meet what's gonna be happening in 2025 and in 2030 and in 2035 in terms of projection of growth. And uh, the thing with these hospitals is because it's such a lengthy process, the day you open, you're too small. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that time and time again with other hospitals. And so we're trying to be as, push the process as quickly as we can, because we need the space now. Rachel's right, we're we're, we can't wait. We're, we have to have an ICU that meets modern standards. It, painfully, I listen to families who have to leave the community because their loved one gets acutely ill. They require intense ICU services and they, they need to leave to go to another hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for residents to have to drive to and from. We should be able to deliver that care and we're capable of delivering that care here at Stevenson mm -hmm. with the person power we have. Mm -hmm. So we're moving on developing these services so that residents don't have to face, the, they get the closer quality care, at close, closer care to home. And really that's been the focus short term. And then long term is this 25 year blueprint which is driving what the stage two looks like. And it is exciting. It's the sense that we're not just doing eMERGE, we're doing all the services that support a high-functioning eMERGE. So that's your pharmacy, that's your ORs. Mm -hmm. You can't run a high-functioning eMERGE without having your pharmacy, your lab, your diagnostic imaging, um, the CT and, and uh, uh, mammography, everything. You need all those services that actually help support an eMERGE. So they're all being redeveloped as part of the uh, okay. part of the master plan. And in that, I even have a bigger vision. If we're doing that and we're busting out the building, we're going to put onto the second floor to uh, add, in, and COVID has taught us that infection control is so critical in a hospital. And so the ministry is directing us to do single occupancy rooms. Uh, right now we have 80%, and that was standard pre-COVID when I was going through the planning process. But last night's discussion with Capital is, Jody, go ahead and plan it so that every person has their own room with their own washroom. And uh, you see that in the Humber River Regional Build, and you yeah. see it in some of the newer builds, mm -hmm. and Stevenson deserves to have that for its residents. So that's what we're planning to do. So there has been some sort of redesign, but you had the vision already, uh, Jody. I mean, some pre-COVID design thought process, but post-COVID world that we're entering now, there has been a little bit of a, a, an adjustment, right? 
Correct. We're we're constantly evolving, um, and the ministry's got to evolve in terms of its policy. Mm-hmm. So pre-COVID, the ministry was 80-20 split. 80% single rooms with 20% ward rooms. Uh, now the ministry's rethinking that in COVID, and so they should. Yes. And we should be building hospitals that can meet the modern-day infectious control standards. When that building was built, we didn't have Ebola. <laughs> we didn't have SARS-1 or 2. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have covid and so we've learned uh, medicine's about evolving in science and knowing what needs to be in a building to be able to deliver safe, high quality care. We can't have people infecting one another. Mm-hmm. And so uh, critical to that, design function is important. And uh, that's what we've been working on. And, uh, well, another, uh, uh, another shout out to your operations because you, you, even in that building, in that framework, you've maintained infectious control. Uh, incredibly while being you know overwhelmed uh, at, at capacity levels right so a real efficient team that Stevenson Memorial Hospital yeah the residents the viewership may not know this when you come into our emerge we have two trauma rooms so if you have a significant a motor vehicle accident trauma yes. and we may have to call orange uh, if it's really critical care mm-hmm. and you know we're we're having our helicopter come in 52 54 times a year yeah. but it's a critical service that helps save lives uh, in those trauma rooms, we need to have proper air exchange. So if you look at the roof of Stevenson, there's a really interesting picture, Tony, from 1977 in my office. And you look at the roof of a hospital, it's, it's empty. You go to the roof of our hospital today, it is full of air exchanges and we're constantly evolving to make sure that that old building at least meets the modern standards. Yeah. And uh, we've put a lot of uh, uh, capital investment into uh, venting and proper infrastructure to deliver high quality care and that's been ongoing yes. uh, while we're still pushing for the proper infrastructure that we really need. Wonderful. Um, Rachel, going back to one of your comments, so you said presently at Stevenson that uh, you are improving the ICU uh, area of Stevenson right now. You're trying to get ahead. or. Or you yeah. just have to up to date. What if- it's it's so we're actually building a level two ICU. We actually previously to to this we haven't had a dedicated ICU space at all. Um, we've always been caring for our patients with higher acuity to a certain degree mm-hmm. until the need to transfer out does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're wanting to try and keep, as Jody said, try and keep some patients in um, in their community hospital if if possible. And yeah. we can't say that patients still won't need to be transferred out in, in the future. I mean, that's still a possibility depending on the level of trauma and mm-hmm. of the patient, but um, we're trying to keep some of our patients um, closer to home if possible. Um, and uh, again, we'll be continuing to care for the patients with, with higher uh, care needs um, uh, in, a, in a newer newer area in the hospital. So okay. built within our, our, our current walls. Yeah. Right. And staying on ex- expansion, and, and this just came to mind with Mary McGill, um, with the expansion coming to fruition, um, is Mary McGill staying on the site or are their services moving into the hospital? How is that working? Yeah, so one of the, uh, I have a background in mental health and one of the struggles I've had ever since I've come to Stevenson is that uh, people who receive mental health care have to come up to the Mary McGill Center and it, it, it's a breach of privacy walking up those steps. There's only two types of people who come to Mary McGill. They're either people coming to my office or they're coming for mental health service. and. Uh, both require some degree of confidentiality. I'm pleased to state that we're going to evolve our mental health service to be part of our ambulatory program. Whether you're coming to see the oh, any outpatient type service, uh, mental health will be integrated in our full outpatient service continuum. And uh, that'll give privacy back to, and dignity back to mental health patients. And the, the reality is the Mary McGill building, if the 
64 building is woefully inadequate. The 1902 Mary McGill building is woefully inadequate. It has 50 amp service, you can't upgrade electrical. It, it's unable to carry any type of clinical function. It used to be the old lab. Uh, the lab now has so many, 50 amp won't run our lab, I can tell you that, and there's no way to fix no, it because of all the no. asbestos and problems in the building. I mean, uh, you know, uh, even myself, I have edgy anxiety from time to time, <laughs> opening up that door at Mary McGill, I don't want to go in, uh, so I, I could just imagine, but on, on, you know, on the way you're champion, championing all the services coming into the community, the fact that, you know, mental health is important. Uh, to Stevenson and, and bringing dignity to that. I mean, it's an epidemic out there, mental health. Um, it, it's, it's debilitating. Uh, it, it's, it, you know. It's it, always, yeah, it's always going to be a part of the services that we provide to the community. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to change. We've really fought hard, and in fact, I'm really proud. Mary McGill has two top notch psychiatrists I've had the privilege of working with Dr. Steve Stokel, former chief of psychiatry mm -hmm. at, at South Lake, along with Dr. Monty Mamapur, yeah. who's now the chief at South Lake. Both come and provide psychiatric wow, care. Wow! Uh, these are top-notch psychiatrists that are available here in Alliston. They want to have be able to treat uh, mental health uh, uh, folks with with proper dignity and care. The building doesn't do it. No. But our redevelopment will finally be able to bring that vision for mental health care to our community. That's fantastic. Um, next topic I want to get into is is you know I, I think is the concern for everyone with a vision like this. Uh, a vision is one thing, uh, but funding is, is another. And, you know, I can fully understand when you're dealing with levels of government and taxpayer dollars, um, sometimes it becomes a little bit more complicated. So I know that the journey is tough. I don't fully understand that level of journey in dealing with, with ministry guidelines and ministry push and ministry support, but I do know that this community is unwavering with its support in funding your vision for this future expansion. Um, everyone from a $10 donation to I'm certain millions. Um, where are you at with the funding and help our listeners understand and really in layman's terms, this building built well on schedule will cost $250 million if that's the number. Today we have so many millions. We need so many millions based on allowances or steps or procedures by the government that's instilling in your, in, in your push to, to develop that. Help us understand where we're at this community with funding. I'm, with funding, I, Rach, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, so th this is a really key question and we'll, viewers may not understand is that when you go to redevelop a hospital, the government doesn't pay for it all. They actually look to the local community to say, how important is it to this community to have a new redeveloped hospital? I did not know that. So what they do is they make a 90-10 split. 90% of what is built, the government pays for. They turn around and put the FF&E, fixtures, furniture, and equipment, which really usually runs 10% of the total cost of construction, back on the community. That term is called the local share. That's what they call the local okay. share portion of a redevelopment. We're sitting at today with our stage two, just a little over $167 million build with the vision we have, mm -hmm. and about $30 million falls to local share. Okay, that the responsibility of the local commu community. This community has to come up with $30 million in order to make sure that our construction project meets the ministry standards. 
So that means our foundation has been tasked uh, with, the, with, the, with the challenge of having to raise $30 million local share. And you may not think, well, you know, $30 million. Well, we actually went out and did a feasibility study. We looked at whether or not there was an appetite in this community. And really, this money that comes from local share is the voice of the resident to government that this is important in this community. If you can't raise your local share, you run the risk and jeopardy of not being able to build a new hospital. So the government sits back and watches how, how strong is the appetite in this community to want to have a new hospital. Okay. And they look to see how well are they doing with the local share. We've had tremendous support from people like Honda, the Nottawasaga Foundation. Uh, Simcoe County has donated $10 million already to our local share portion. So we've raised the needle. If you drive Stevenson, you'll see a billboard up in the front, and we're about 50% of the way to the local share. Okay, 15 million. Good. We're on 15 million which right is, now. Which is pretty good. Um, but as we get ready to get our stage two submitted, the critical factor on the checkbox of whether or not we're going to get a nod from government is how much is this community really raised? Do the residents really want that? And the, the term I take when I tell viewers is that if you don't give to your local hospital, you're really saying that the care of that building is okay to government. Silence is collusion. You have to speak up and give to your local campaign, whether it's a dollar to whatever you can afford, uh, to say that it's a message to Queen's Park that the residents in the community really believe in having a new hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's the task of the viewers is to say, how important is, is your local community hospital? It's not our hospital. It, and Dr. Myatt said it best, it's the community's hospital. Yeah. The critical capital equipment of a hospital isn't paid for by government. I get complaints to my office about how poor the wheelchair is or how dingy the building is in terms of a stretcher or whatever. That falls to the foundation to raise annual capital. And the, the more the community gives, the more I can give Dr. Myatt, Dr. Safar, and the other physicians who want high quality care equipment, capital equipment, mm -hmm. in their hands. And so it's a reflection of the community's will. And uh, the local share of this redevelopment is becoming more and more critical as I get further down the path with the bureaucrats and the politicians. Okay, all right. And where, what, what is the sort of drop-dead date, if I may put it in that manner, for getting this community portion in check? So we've been, I've been telling our foundation that as we get ready to submit our draft stage two, the word draft, because we've got an approval now, and yes. we've worked really hard with Capital Branch over the last six months to align a, a, dra a, a stage two submission. Mm -hmm. We've got about uh, 12 to 18 months to raise the money. And um, you'll see that our capital campaign, and it's being chaired by Sylvia Biffis from the, the Narawasaga Foundation, mm -hmm. is really challenging uh, everybody in the community that now is the time to give we really need to get behind this in order to give a voice to government that yeah we deserve a new hospital here in Alliston mm -hmm. and the way to do it is residents by donating to the to the campaign for redevelopment really are giving a very clear message that yeah uh, community local community care is important and within the foundation for this community chunk of money that's required um, what has been the time frame to accumulate half of the projected requirement so it's been going since I started. I mean, we started back at the, the there was a $4 million donation from Honda probably three, four years ago. Uh, they got on board. They were early adopters. They yes. wanted to show in leadership in the community. Yes. Simcoe County, the County Alliance, a hospital alliance, which uh, 
the seven CEOs sit on. Yes. Every year there's about $30 million that comes from the county and they allow seven CEOs to sit down and try to come up and divvy it up. I can tell you those are some of the most painful meetings I've ever had in my life um, trying to divvy up that portion. During the initial, when I arrived, I was able to negotiate with my fellow CEOs that Stevenson's time is now. Royal Victoria's been redeveloped. South Lake's been redeveloped. Um, hospitals around have been redeveloped. And us and Collingwood both took a real stance to say that our time is now. And so the CEOs agreed, which is uh, mm -hmm. not very often CEOs yes, agree. Yes, yes. Uh, we've agreed to allow Stevenson to have the access to that 10 million for the local share. So. Um, those were early wins along the journey, but now we're getting into the halfway point of the journey and we really need the community to step up and start to contribute to the local share. So you can see the finish line, it's, it's, it's there, there's a push, but it's absolutely critical right now that every dollar, possible dollar, that can come in on that community portion is vital to this project, right? It, tell me, is there a risk then, is what you're saying, and, and listeners, listen, Listen to this, please. Is there a risk, Jody, all, and Rachel, all these efforts, all these dreams, this eight, nine year, 10 year plan, $15 million has been accumulated for the community portion. Is there a chance that if you don't hit that target, that this dream and this vision for expansion could be gone? There are 122 hospitals in the province of Ontario. Mm -hmm. Many of them, 80 of them, are medium-sized hospitals like Stevenson Memorial, all fighting because they're woefully been neglected uh, by previous governments. So they're all pushing capital branch that my project is important. So there's a competitiveness across the province. So if we don't raise our local share, it makes it easy for the bureaucrats to say, well, another community has raised its local share. It's good to go. It's hungry to have this hospital redeveloped. Mm -hmm. So we're in a competitive environment. And um, all I can urge listeners is that, how important is your local hospital? Do you, do you want to stand by and continue to receive care in a 1964 building? I don't want it. Mm -hmm. I believe the vision is achievable. Mm -hmm. I believe that the community wants it. And the way to do it is give a clear message to Queens Park and to our uh, ministry, that this, this we're raising the local share. What's the stall? What, what's the reason? There's no reason to stop this project from being green-lighted yeah. uh, because we're there. We've raised our local share. Um, tell me, on the foundation side of accumulating this community portion, um, and this just comes to light here, uh, the community contributing, and you reach the target of that amount of money, $30 million, mm -hmm. right, to read that that checkbox, and you go to the ministry on your next stage. Here I am, the community pitched in. Let's go, let's build. And we know the way the world is. I mean, COVID changed all of our lives. So the future is a lot different than to many than it used to be, is we thought everything was just naturally happening and life was, things can change. So what would happen if you meet the mark of 30 million, the foundation works so hard, gets that money, you go to the ministry and they say, sorry, um, sorry, it's just not in the works. Yeah, so what, what happens to that money? Is that money that can be used by the hospital? Is that, what happens then? 
so so for me, that money still needs to go to a redevelopment. And uh, our time is now. We sh we are. You're right. We are in the third fastest growing region in the province. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to deny us um, having a, a redeveloped hospital in a high growth community. Mm -hmm. Also, in a community that has been staunch progressive conservative for years, we have a progressive conservative government in power. There's no reason for any further delay. Mm -hmm. uh, minister Wilson, uh, Jim Wilson, he was minister, yes. was uh, has been a big advocate of making sure that this hospital yes, is a is. top priority. Yes, yes. And um, you know, he's, he's announced his retirement, good for him, I'm mm -hmm. happy mm -hmm. and sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, whoever is going to be sitting here, it's, they, they've been elected, Jim has said numerous times he's been elected here because the hospital is the top priority when he talks to his constituents when, when it comes voting time. Yes. So there should be no delay. And if there is a delay, there's political action people can take. Um, and that that money, local share, is undeniably the voice to government okay. that it's time. Okay. Um, so listeners out there, this community, I mean, right here is an example of the push and the passion that the leaders of this hospital want for this community to bring in better care, better services, as, uh, as they've explained to you. So, you know, if you don't think $10 makes a difference or whatever you're doing, businesses out there are, are, are really feeling the COVID crunch. Uh, but we still have businesses in this community, for example, Stevenson Bed and Breakfast that had a function and raised $6,000. I, I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. This community is unwavering. And, you know, that's the push we need. The leaders of this hospital are just saying that based on the political action and requirements on that checklist, that this community has to come up with its portion, which is the signal to our government that we have interest in expanding this hospital. Is, it, is that the, the proper layman's way to say it? I mean, simply put, we need your support in, in dollars and contributions um, to meet that match and that target so Jody and his team can go with that next stage of government to say, government, look, our community pitched in. We have it. Let's go, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take it's going to take everyone from we're looking at the bigger organizations to small businesses to families mm -hmm. to uh, I know we, there were a couple of children that had some lemonade stands over the summer. Every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. um, it makes it so you're right. So ten dollars up to you know the thousands and more. So it's it's all going to help towards our goal. Mm -hmm. um, we do have you'll you'll see in the next few months we're going to have some initiatives that are really going to engage the community. Yes. Um, the corporate video with some you know some familiar faces explaining you know the need for the hospital to expand. Um, to some uh, to a lawn sign campaign. Um, we'll, Jody, Jody will continue to do his town halls as we progress throughout the stages of mm -hmm. redevelopment, and we're just going to continue to push and engage our community and. I know that I know that they're supportive. I know that they're, they're they've certainly showed that um, to date, and we're going to just push forward. And we're looking at from the state from the point of when we submit our our draft two. Yes. We're looking at about um, an eighteen month to twenty four month gap of when we need to try and, and get that local share confirmed. Okay. So yeah. Um, so again, that back to time frame twelve to eighteen months, uh, like in 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 a realistic time frame for this dream and this vision to get to the next stage to to start seeing some progressive means of construction and, and, and redevelopment. Perfect world, when do you see this vision coming to fruition? 
Yeah, so I, I used to be really aggressive thinking that every time we put in a submission of a stage, the government is mandated to respond within uh, 90 days. Mm -hmm. So when I put my stage one in, it was 2016. And it was this summer that I finally got approval on it. Back and forth, and back and forth. I can tell you that the design that we have here for Stevenson maximizes the 11.8 acres on Fletcher. It is what the government is willing and the appetite is there mm -hmm. to do a redevelopment. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that when the stage two goes in that it's uh, going to be a smooth and an approval and that we can go to implementation and design, which is stage three where we get architectural yeah. design. Stage four is really the contracting out, who's going to do the work. Mm -hmm. And stage five is getting the keys and turning it over like a house. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping that it will be 2025 um, somewhere that uh, construction's done and uh, the community has a wow, beautiful be hospital that really deserves That'd be, that'd be amazing. Um, so this is really wonderful community. Let's really give the push out there with these leaders taking time out of their day. We're taping on Thursday, it's mid-afternoon. It's not after work or before work. Um, this is important to them and they're here for that purpose to share their vision and you know inform you uh, of the process. Um, is there anything else our listeners can do or is, is reaching out to local um, levels of government, provincial levels of government, federal levels of government, Terry Dowdle, now conservative, uh, you know, from Simcoe, knows our area very well and, and supportive. What can listeners do that have been challenged by COVID and, and maybe see this vision, agree to this vision, but at the end of the day, they're challenged in a, in a certain position, but they still want to do something. It, it, it is a voice, tell me, where should they go? What should they do? So Jim Wilson has re-sparked uh, his petition process. Mm -hmm. And so you can always go over to Mr. Wilson's website and you can print off a petition and send it in. And you can send it to Minister Elliott directly. And you can write your own emails to Minister Elliott about the importance of local health care. Uh, the building, you know, again, I was saying that we brought, when I started, there were 68 docs at, at Stevenson. We have 118. And they're all early adopters to wanting to see a vision come. They've, they've consulted on the design of the building. They've been very active in making sure that this, this meets their, what they want to see to deliver medicine. Mm -hmm. So by talking to your minister, Jim Wilson is one thing. You'll see me going to town councils. I'm starting a level of deputations to all the town councils. I believe municipal government needs to get involved, whether it's through a health care tax levy to developers, to give to local health care. They've done that in bigger regions. Um, I like that idea. Or, I like that idea. Or, you know, because we're a county, there, there are other ways that we can do that. So you're going to see me encouraging the municipality to start to get involved. Uh, it's time they got involved in their local, health, uh, their local hospital to help. And um, you can do that by supporting deputations, watching when we come to government, asking questions, holding our mayor and deputy mayor accountable in your respective counties mm -hmm. about what are they doing to help their local hospital. Elections are coming up mm -hmm. and healthcare tends to be, well, hey, we've learned from COVID, how important is your healthcare? Huh. How, how important is it? To me, there's no more single important cause in the world than your health. It's, it's the most important thing. So you need to get active. You can't just, we're gonna be there when you need us, but right now we need, we need, we need your viewers to start to help us um, mm -hmm. bear this vision to fruit. Um, boy, I like that developer. Uh, you know, there should be some, there should be something in those development fees. fees. You know that uh, 
so much for Stevenson Foundation and for the hospital and it just makes sense. Uh, I, I mean, it, it just yeah. You think just, about putting all these homes in, and you know that yeah. we're going to double the growth here in New Tecumseh, and a lot of it is young families. You know, they buy homes because they're either commuting or they, they to a working family because homes are so bloody expensive. Yeah. But we're, as we're these are families that are going to require obstetrical care. You're going to want to have your baby at Stevenson. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to, um, and then we have a lot of seniors. We have the other end of the continuum where yeah. a lot of people have sold their homes in other places and retired here because it's just such a beautiful community. Mm-hmm. But senior services are important too. So I've got a hospital that has to serve two ends of the continuum and it's only going to get more the more pressure is only going to grow yeah. with all this new development so it would make sense for developers to pay a portion of that mm-hmm. if if it's not under the bylaws of the municipality to be able to enforce that then the municipality has to get involved mm-hmm. because we we can't have all this infrastructure growth without the services growing with the community totally. and uh your hospital needs needs that help it, it it's um it we're not south lake regional health center we're not a quaternary, we're not, I'm not looking to do cardiac surgery at Stevenson, but what you can do if you have a heart attack is we'll stabilize you. You can come to our emerge, get solid care, and we know time is critical. So you've got a hospital that's local that can stabilize your life. We'll get you down to South Lake if you need a stint in the cardiac cath lab, mm-hmm. and we'll bring you back and rehab you here. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to build a regional cardiac center. I just want to build a center that is augmented with, with all the other healthcare services, but that it serves its local community. Jody, you sound like you own the hospital because this, I, I'm hearing a, almost an entrepreneurial sort of passion here. Um, you're so passionate about bringing in these wonderful, wonderful visions to our community with the hospital. Um, is there? Uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast here, but you know, is there any last word? Any anything you want to say from your heart? Any? I mean. You, you guys are champions, uh, and in my look, you guys are champions for what you're doing. Um, as Jody, you had just mentioned, is healthcare important? Absolutely. I mean, look at us in COVID, um, uh, and you know, I, I I saw it in Dr. Myatt in the interview. I see it with uh, uh, the doctors that uh, I'm affiliated with. Um, I see it in your visit here. Um, medical care in our community. We're blessed. We're blessed to have a hospital. And we're almost there. We're almost there to get it uh, improved, redeveloped, and the community is unwavering. Let's continue the push. They just need your help and your push. So last words, uh, Rachel. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have this hospital here for our community, and it is my hospital as well. I mean, I've been a patient before. I had my son at Stevenson, so we're so lucky to have this healthcare so close to home. So we just want to bring our hospital to the next to the next level and it really make it the hospital that our community deserves and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we were so appreciative also of all the support we've received this year from COVID, all the, the businesses that came by and brought us food and donations and all the businesses that came through and did that parade and it really meant a lot to our staff and so we really appreciate it. I know it's been a difficult year as you said for everyone. Um, but if you are able to help, um, if you go to transformingstevenson.ca, that's the foundation's website. Um, you can click on donate now um, towards the campaign. Uh, because of you, you can. Uh, because of you, we can is the name of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, um, also if you're interested in volunteering, you can email foundation at smhosp.on.ca. Help out with the campaign if you're interested. 
Um, there's lots of different things you can do to help out. So transformingstevenson.ca has all that information. And certainly keep your eyes out for the hospital's website. We'll be putting out some of the new redevelopment updates as we progress in the stages. So that's stevensonhospital.ca. Mm-hmm. And also our social media channels as well to follow all the updates about what's going on at the hospital from a day-to-day basis. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on the social media. Um, at Stevenson Hospital or Stevenson Hospital, you'll find us there. And you have something going on, Stevenson Foundation, a jog or something, or some, a jogging, what's, uh, yeah, maybe, what's, what do you have planned, what, there, Stevenson is always in the yeah, works for funding, and absolutely. what's yeah, going the on there? Yeah, Foundation has a lot of really fun events coming up, um, so they've just launched um, Fall Into Fitness, um, so That's you it, can, yeah. yeah, Fall Into Fitness, so you, and if you go to transformingstevenson.ca, you'll see all their fun events that they have going on, so if you, you know, any, if you're, you know, can do a walk in the morning every day before work or any way that you can fit fitness in, or maybe you already do, mm-hmm. if you can create um, a, f- a fundraising page um, from the Fall Into Fitness campaign and you can just get, you know, your, mm-hmm. your, your contacts, your family, your friends to help, you know, support you a little bit. And then that fundraising goes towards the foundation. Okay. Uh, but they've got some great event initiatives coming up for the holiday season as well. They mm-hmm. have a Home for the Holidays virtual event where you can actually pick up a dinner and eat it at home and, and watch a virtual event. So mm-hmm. details for that will be coming out soon. And I know they're going to be doing a gift wrapping um, fundraiser as well. So Okay. Lots of things that are accessible for everyone. Okay. Um, for the next season coming up. So, all right. Yeah. So Stevenson Foundation. Okay. Uh, link yeah. up all their socials. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything. Everything helps. Jody. Last word, sir. So I, I'll leave you with this. The, the for the viewers, <clears throat> I have the best job in the world. Privileged to serve this community, and we at the hospital, our senior executive team, mm-hmm. our physicians. Rach, everybody, yeah. we're, we want to make sure we're serving the community. Our assessment center for COVID is an example of that. People said that we're too small of a hospital to be able to open an assessment center. We won't find the resources. We've really pivoted and moved and done uh, big things for this community, we think, anyways. And we want to continue to be there. When you need us, we'll be there for you. We need our community now more than ever to step up and help with our vision to make uh, healthcare service delivery be high quality and, and in a building that deserves and is, uh, treats people with dignity, confidentiality and, and respect. So okay. um, I leave it with that and I, I uh, there's a couple of things that are important in my life. Uh, birth of my kids, finishing my doctorate degree, getting this redevelopment through. So and I can only do it if the community stands behind me 100% and galvanizes behind our vision. So you really have an opportunity as a listener to get active and involved, whether it's through what Rachel's talking about or whether it's through a dollar to mm-hmm. our, uh, and uh, my office is, Rachel helps me manage the communications in my office. Don't hesitate to reach out if you've got a concern or if you've got something you don't understand in what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. There's a real methodology here and I'm hoping that the community will really stand behind us and support us. Okay, wonderful. And um, I, I believe I said this earlier, we're taping on Thursday. The podcast will be released on Saturday. But meanwhile, I'm feeding all my social feeds with the site plan, the layout. It is crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. They're crazy. It's amazing. Um, so remember, it's your hospital, That's okay? It. It's yours. It's mine. It's Jody's. It's Rachel's. It's your hospital. Lead the push. They're champions pushing for us. Just needs your support. Every dollar counts. Every voice counts. New tech rocks, okay? New tech rocks. And I know that you'll be behind this push. Let's make this happen. Stevenson Memorial Hospital, we are blessed to have these leaders in our community, this service in our community, uh, just wonderful. So flip around this podcast, share it, 
get the word out there because we are going to get this hospital. Okay? Right on? Thank That's you, Tony. Right. Okay. Thank right you. on. So rock on. We'll see you on the next podcast. All right. Take care now. Bingo! Bam! That's it. That was pretty good, eh? Oh, no. Uh, boy, I mean, I'm getting that.